Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message. Today's sermon is given by Pastor Billy Kim, Director of Communications at 180 Church and Chaplain at NYU. All right, hello everyone and good afternoon. This is my quarantine office. I'm recording here at Battery Park on this beautiful day. And as you can tell, I am not Dr. Sammy. He's actually having a well-deserved break this week. And before I go any further, I do want to just uh, give a shout out to Dr. Sammy and P. Laid. Um, and I just really want to thank them for their incredible leadership and wisdom and direction, especially at this time of this global pandemic and addressing courageously the issues of systemic injustices and racism that's been happening in our country. We know that it hasn't been easy, but we just want to thank you. And I can, I think I could say that on behalf of many people in our church, that you guys have been our spiritual and emotional anchor during this period that's helping us point to Jesus, look up to Jesus, live like Jesus, and love like Jesus. Thank you guys. We really do appreciate you. And so for those who are new here, if you guys don't know who I am, I am Pastor Billy. I am the Communications Director here at 180 Church, and I will be preaching today, uh, which I hope you will be very blessed. And I know for the newer people that have watched us during these uh, remote services, you probably know me during the announcements as Pandemic Peeps, but just this week I decided to shave my beard in light of the reopening of phase one in New York City. So hopefully this beard and this haircut does not weird you out a little at all. I know my roommates, they've been making fun of me. They said that ever since I shaved my beard, um, I transformed into pandemic peeps to pre-pupescent peeps. But I think it's important to address the reopening of phase one in New York City because I think it's a sign of a new normal that we're all experiencing. On top of that, with the continual protests that are happening to address the systemic racism through the unjust death of George Floyd, there is a shift that seems to be taking place. Conversations are happening um, in different communities, in different ethnic groups, and even families that are happening right now about this very issue. As the college students would say, people are starting to get woke to this issue. And we know that, even, we know that this is nothing new. But for some, it's actually a start where we are recognizing the pain and the grief and the oppression of our fellow black brothers and sisters. And as an Asian American, as a pastor, as a leader, as a follower of Christ, most importantly, I've been wrestling with my role and my responsibility in all of this. And I'm sure you guys could relate. And I was, as, as I was listening in the past two weeks with some black members of our of our community and our church, uh, there was mixed feelings. Part, a big part was the sadness and the grief and the pain and the tears that they have to experience every day. Uh, but also it was a confrontation that of my own blindness and privilege that I was actually seeing within myself. When it, especially when it comes to law enforcement, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying all law, law officers are bad and law enforcement are bad, that is not my point. But what I'm saying is that my personal experience was actually very positive. Where when I got arrested for a suspended license, I was taken care of and I was fed. 
which was very a big contrast of what my black brothers and sisters experience when it comes to law enforcement. And to be honest with you, when I was listening to those things and I was recognizing those things and that was being exposed, exposed in my own life, uh, the coward in me wanted to run away. The coward in me didn't want to deal with it, wanted to avoid it because I felt like it seemed hopeless and what, I, what can I actually do to make a difference? It was revealing the self-preservation of my own heart. But I remember Bonifer, Dr. Bonifer, uh, German pastor, theologian, spy. And he said this in the rise of Hitler. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak, not to act, not to act. Bonifer was addressing the silence and the complicity of the German church in the 1930s with the rise of Hitler and Nazi Germany. And I believe that prophetic statement actually still applies today. But we've been learning that Jesus chose the church to be the hope of the world. And although imperfect, although broken, although we fall short, we have been learning in the book of Acts that the Spirit has come with wind and fire to forge this broken community, an unqualified community from one nation to many nations, to all nations. And use, I would even say, cowardice people to actually make a change in their culture um, and even in through their, in their own lives. And so that's actually what I want to talk about today. Through the Spirit, how do we move from being complicit to having courage? How do we become a community that actually makes a difference? And then we're going to go to Acts 3 and we're going to find out how. Hey everyone! Today's scripture is from the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. That is the word of the Lord. Amen. Okay, in the beginning we asked, how do we move from complicity to courage? How do we become a community that makes a difference? And this is the first thing we must learn. The first thing is that we must pay attention to our sphere of influence no matter how small. And we see this through the life of Peter and John in verse 1, where it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. And what we have to understand is that in the Jewish tradition, this was something that was quite normal. Any devout Jewish person will go to the temple at three o'clock to pray. And so that's what Peter and John did. It wasn't anything special. It wasn't a special occasion or anything new. It was a routine that they did every day in their, in their lives. 
but this day was actually different from the rest of the day. Something special happened. Something different. And what happened? We'll see in verse 2. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. When Peter said, look at us, so the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. In other words, the beggar was always there. In fact, the text says that he was put in the temple courts every day, meaning that Peter and John probably passed him by a couple of times. But then, what made this day so different from the rest? You know, what made this encounter so different? And it was one thing. Peter and John paid attention to the cry of this blame man, and it made all the difference. Just like how many of us are beginning to listen to the cries of our fellow brothers, black brothers and sisters in our country right now. Okay, for example, as some of you know, our college group 180 Fellowship set up, set up a fundraiser this week to raise money for black lives. Um, and I have to say that I was actually incredibly proud and amazed for them stepping up to deal with this issue um, in, in the way that they did. I remember Hyung was the first to text me and she was telling me that a group of them wanted to do something about this. You know, they, they felt this angst and this frustration and they were curious about what they can do and what they're able to do. And they were asking, and they were asking me for advice because they were wondering what can we do as a bunch of majority of Asian kids? You know, we're college students. Uh, we don't have much influence. We don't have much money. What can we really do? And I remember when they were asking me all this, I really didn't say much. I ended up just being a soundboard. They were just talking and they were just processing it out with me. And it was actually their idea to actually do a fundraiser. And it was actually their idea to create a statement. And what they did was through their, through their initiative and through their sacrifice, they actually ended up $800 of their own money calling for other people to donate so that they could match and from the end of this week uh, I just learned that they raised over $1,800 now the truthfully is that a lot of money dealing with this cause not really but it is something that is small it is something that they pushed for and what, we were, what I saw was that with the little influence and the little influence that they have and the little money that they have, they were doing all that they can to try to make a difference. And you know, the truth is, it's not just 180 Fellowship, but even there's some community members in a, there's even some people in our church community. Uh, Miriam did an initiative too, where she was, she wanted to raise awareness of the conversation of black lives with the Korean community because there's been so much tension um, and so much misinformation that's happening. And so she created a t-shirt called Black Lives Are Precious in Korea, raising the awareness and of black lives. And although it's not a big change, 
it's something small that's making a small difference. And you know what? There's an incredible story where because of, she posted it on Facebook um, and Instagram, that got caught that caught the attention of a, a famous TikTok influencer who was having a conversation with her black friend, explaining and translating it, where you just saw tears in his eyes because you see the healing and the understanding that someone other than his own skin wants to fight for them and protect them um, and is standing up for them. And that's beautiful. And you know, I just want to say this because I think the text shows that it's not about the big things, but God has a tendency to use what is weak, what is small, to change and make a big difference. He did it with the disciples who were just fishermen. He did it in the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 where he used five loaves and two fish. You know, God has the tendency to use what is small and weak to shame the strong and wise. And so, I don't know where you might be in. And I know if you look at your, look at your lives or you look at your hands and you wonder, just like me, what can I do to make a difference? What can I do when I don't have much? The truth is, we do have some. And the invitation of how we can actually move from complicity to a place of courage to actually make a difference is to start with whatever influence that we have. Because we do have influence. Everyone does. And it's using that to represent God well and even in the face of racism and racial reconciliation. So, that is my question to you today. What is your sphere of influence? And what God, what might God want you to be? What, what might God might want you to do with that influence that you have? I pray that the Holy Spirit will show you. So in the beginning, we asked, how do we become a community that moves from complicity to courage, uh, for a community that actually makes a difference? And the first point we said is to pay attention to our fear of influence, no matter how small. Uh, the second point is this, is to operate in the name of Jesus to give you the power to make the difference. And you see this in the life of Peter in verse 6, where he says to the layman, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. See, Peter, who didn't have much to his name, he didn't even have money to even give to the lame man at this very moment, gave what actually he had, all that he had. And in the name of Jesus, the little that he had and the, and the presence of God that has transformed his life changed this lame man in unexpected ways where he didn't, even though he didn't get the monetary game, he was able to walk. He experienced a miracle. And in the same way for many of us who are encountering impossible situations, just like how Peter was faced with an impossible situation of a, of a lame man walking, uh, many of us might feel like this is the issue of racism and racial, racial reconciliation is almost impossible. 
but the text shows very clearly that in anything that we do and how we live our life in the name of Jesus will make a big difference. It's, it's, it has to. Because we know, and, and the truth is, we can't go with our own worldly wisdom. And we tried that. You know, that's why our systems are, bro- are always broken. We go with worldly wisdom. And that's why more than ever before, especially at this time where it's so charged, where there is so much anger and frustration and assumptions and exaggerations on both sides, what is most needed is to learn to be led by the Spirit of God in the name of Christ. Because it is in the name of Christ where justice and mercy it is in the name of Christ where we see in, on the cross by the gospel where we are forgiven, where we're able to forgive, where we are confronted with our sins, but we are have the grace to actually transform. And we see that actually in Peter's life. His life embodied that because he was a man that was complicit himself. You know, if you know anything about Peter, he denied Jesus three times. And he was not there at the moment of the cross. He ran away. He was a coward. But after the resurrection, when Jesus confronted him with love and truth and forgiveness, the redemption of that forgiveness of the gospel transformed Peter from someone that's so cowardly to a man of courage that would eventually face uh, the very authorities that he ran away from to stand up for injustice and even racism that we will see in the later chapters, and that is can only be happen that can only happen to the power of the gospel. This reminds me of a man named William Wilberforce, who was a British abolitionist, um, and he too was a man of privilege, but was but recognized his own privilege and the equ- the need for equality of. Uh, his black brothers and sisters who were slaves at that time and this happened through the conviction of him reading the scriptures and his mentor John Newton who was interestingly enough a slave owner himself who actually understood the gospel of grace when he himself experienced what it meant to be a slave and was shown kindness not from his uh, the own color, from his own color of his skin uh, but through black slaves. It was the black slaves where he was captivated with were the ones that shone kindness and love, which was a mustard seed that transformed his heart and recognized the need for change even in his own country. And you know, with this amazing story and this setup, you would think that there would be a quick transformation and change, especially as William Wilberforce was, a, was part of parliament and has influence, but it didn't. It actually took 50 years, and it was slow. But you might see that, and you might feel discouraged, but the truth is, if you look at in hindsight, although it was slow, it started with one man that grew into two that started to make a difference and actually changed a nation and continuing on today. And why I say that is because it gives me hope because if the gospel could change in and out through a man like Peter and change in and out through through a fear of influence like William Wilberforce, maybe he could actually use me and use you. And it speaks to my inadequacies. It speaks to my shortcomings. It speaks to the areas in my life where I've fallen so short, but through the grace and the love and the redemption of the power of the gospel, maybe through in his name, not through our power, but his name, 
uh, we could actually see the difference that we want and the difference that we can have because you know whatever sphere of influence that we're in more than ever we more than ever before we are going to need the wisdom of God and 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 and, and that speaks forth because I know for some of us we've been protesting some of us have been um, are active are being activists or looking into being lobbyists in certain ways but uh, what was most powerful for me especially as a follower of Christ was hearing a, a pastor from Brooklyn uh, and he said something that was a very a great nugget of wisdom and he said yes it's great to protest it's great to be to be an activist and to do all these things but as a follower of Christ more than anything we need to do is actually pray and pray in everything because the evils that we are seeing whether it's systemically or in our hearts is run and ruled by a spiritual principality of the evil one and evil has a face and what we and if evil has a face supernaturally it cannot be done by physical or worldly deeds it has to be the work of the spirit and so I invite you guys Yes, to be active, but to work and pray in Jesus' name and work be, and be led in the Spirit in every way and what that actually might be. And to pray into those things and to pray into your spheres of influences to represent God well and what that actually may, might actually look like. And so will you join me in that? Um, and, and fight to figure out what it means to make a difference in our sphere of influence. Micah 6, 8 He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Holy Spirit, would you examine us? And would you help us to live according to the very standards that you have for the people, Lord, that you have created, Lord? that each person has been wonderfully and fearfully created, Father, and has been created in your image. Help us to uphold, help us to examine our own hearts and our own lives and actions, Father, to represent you in every way that we interact with one another, in every way, so that it would share the love of Christ, not just in deed, but in words, to mean something, who you are, but also not just in words, but in deed, to represent who you truly are, God. Lift our souls to another. Oh. 
heads for the benediction today under our Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, Amen. Good afternoon, everybody. We just want to thank you guys for joining us for our Sunday service this afternoon. Before we finish, we have some community news for everyone, and we're going to start off with tithes and offering. And first and foremost, I just want to thank all of you guys for continuing to tithe faithfully in the midst of the pandemic and everything that's going on. You guys are really living what it means to be faithful with what God has blessed you with. As a reminder, you can always tithe through Venmo at Church 180 through our website, 180church.tv, using PayPal, or you can tithe through Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about the Bible Reading Group, which you can find on Instagram at 180brg, as well as on Tumblr at 180brg. And here we post just a chapter of the Bible every day and a verse of the Bible on the Instagram account so that we can continue to have God's word present at all times in our lives because we don't live on bread alone, but we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, you can find it on Instagram at 180BRG or through Tumblr also at 180BRG. Our next announcement is about the prayer text hotline, which you can find at 5397Prayer or online at prayer at 180church.tv. Again, with everything that's going on in the world, sometimes we need a little bit of help. And the prayer text hotline is there so that we can lift up our request, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones, our friends, and our family to God. And so that we're not praying about these things alone, but we're praying for them 
in the context of community. Again, it's at 5397prayer or at prayer at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about small groups. And even though we're socially distancing from one another, it's still so important for us to continue to meet so that we can spur one another on, not just in faith in Christ, but spur one another on and encourage each other through the difficulties and the trials that are going on in life, whether they're big or small, pandemic or otherwise. It's always important to have community around us to help us through. And that's one of the great things about small groups, so that we can grow in faith and grow together to who Christ is calling us to be and to overcome the challenges that are before us. No matter what stage of life you're in, we have a group that would be great for you. And right now, all of our groups are meeting online. So no matter where you are in the city or even in the country, we have a group that would be perfect for you. Our adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30. Our young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30. And our college group, the 180 Fellowship, meets on Fridays at 7.30. If you're interested in joining a group, you can email Pastor Billy at billykim.180 at gmail.com. Our last announcement is about all the different ways that we can stay connected on social media, even though we're still socially distancing from one another. As I mentioned before, you can find our Bible reading group at 180BRG, both on Tumblr and on Instagram. You can find our church Instagram at 180Church. And you can find us on Facebook, also at 180Church. If you're looking for us on YouTube, you're going to go to 180ChurchNYC. And both Facebook and YouTube are the place where you can see our Sunday live stream services every Sunday at 12.30 p.m. Next, you can find Dr. Sammy's Twitter page at Dr. Sammy Kim, where he posts all kinds of articles and great insight to help us pursue our relationship with Christ. Next, we have the virtual 180 Cafe on Discord, which you can find through a link on our website at 180church.tv. And the 180 Cafe is a great place for us to come together, whether we're going to discuss gaming, what we're cooking in the kitchen, what we're watching, or we even host watching parties for TV shows and movies. Lastly, we have the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and Friends, hosted by Joe Lou and Pastor Lydia, and centered on a critical discussion of Dr. Sammy's sermons. You can find this podcast wherever you download your podcasts. In addition to this, uh, we, have, we have a new addition, which is our SoundCloud, and it's a worship playlist of all the things that Pastor Lydia has played throughout this pandemic. So if you've been blessed by any song throughout this time, you'll see it there. Use it as a way to connect with God, to remember that God is with you, and to be blessed by Him and to bless others through this situation that's going on. Those are all of our announcements for this Sunday. We want to thank you guys once again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.